welcome to the second series of our podcast, New Realities of Cybersecurity. I'm your host, Abigail Wilson. Each episode of this podcast series will be inviting along some of our colleagues who are each experts in their fields to discuss what they do here and what they're focusing on at the moment in the ever-changing world of cybersecurity. Today's conversation is centered around untrusted apps and why this has been such a major issue for organizations. Our guests here today are Will Semple, who leads our software assurance and DevSecOps business, and Steve Morrow, our technical lead. Will and Steve, thanks for joining us today. Could you tell us a bit more about yourself and what you do with, um, what kind of work you do with our clients? Uh, good morning, Abby. Uh, so really what we do is we help our clients understand the software that's running inside their business. Um, this is the software that is helping the business uh, to process their finances, to manage their HR, to interact with their customers and their client base. Basically, representation of, of how a modern business works today. Great, awesome. And, and Steve, could you tell us a bit more about what you do? Yeah, so I fo focus in on the, the technical side of things, actually looking at for the vulnerabilities and implementing the tools to identify them and helping uh, translate the technical issues into business risks so that the uh, C-level can understand and uh, develop appropriate remediation plans. Great, so it's more of the technical deep dive in that area. Great, I wonder if you could both sort of tell me what the top three issues you've been seeing while working with clients over the year. Sure. Well, I think over the last 12 months, we've seen one real serious trend appearing in the market across all industries, and that's really about software supply chain. And that's where our clients are bringing in software from open source, uh, software from third parties that may have developed or built some piece of proprietary code or application for use in their business, or even partnering with well-known household uh, vendors uh, who provide frameworks that wrap around uh, some of their larger services that might be available from, from different uh, software as a service providers. Um, and that software supply chain issue has come about through the adoption of bigger macro trends such as cloud adoption, um, the ability to bring through um, more rapid um, access to markets, uh, the ability to get faster to react to their clients' demands. And as a result of that, uh, the demand that the businesses are placing for software and bespoking software and third-party uh, support around that software has grown hugely. And with that has come a serious risk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like the, the wider ecosystem of applications has expanded, especially with third parties and the risks attributed to those. I um, wonder if you could tell us more about the third party side. Yeah, there's been, a, there's been a number of really interesting incidents over the last sort of three to six months with some household names where they've had uh, some serious breaches and loss of data. Um, and even when their, their applications were being scanned regularly, um, they, they weren't being, the, the third party code risks weren't being discovered. The dependencies that these codes, uh, that these applications require, uh, were the things that were actually compromised and the, the testing tools and the, the testing regime that were in place was, was pretty robust, but the, the legacy tools and the legacy approach really was not focused on third-party code dependencies frameworks that modern web applications and, and applications in general require to run. And as a consequence of that, uh, these breaches have succeeded. Um, I mean, Stephen, maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, sort of the, the likes of the uh, the, the, the Node.js vulnerabilities that are out there at the minute in terms of being able to uh, take, take down frameworks. 
So essentially, uh, this particular issue manifests itself through code JavaScript being uh, rendered within the browser of a particularly sensitive uh, payment channel um, and the, the JavaScript was sitting on every page that was rendered to all the users uh, and anybody who entered in their, their personal details and their payment details, the, the script was basically harvesting that information and, and relaying it back to, to the attacker uh, and, and harvesting that information for, for use downstream. Mm -hmm. So yeah. even when organizations are seeking to make their applications more secure and regularly pen test them and do vulnerability scanning, they also need to understand what other third party um, services are running on their infrastructure and make sure they're also as secure as they expect yeah, them to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the standard pen testing approach will not identify these particular problems. Um, the pen test uh, is normally trying to find vulnerabilities and exploit them in a direct fashion. These attack vectors are much more subtle in the way that they are brought through and, and uh, take effect against the organisation. Um, things that, that that would prevent this are, are good security standards, software security standards to prevent uh, un, untrusted code being displayed on sensitive pages where sensitive information is captured. That, that would prevent it. You may also uh, put in place a process uh, to uh, certify or verify that a, a piece of code that you're using is secure and it hasn't been modified and then always use that rather than just taking the publicly sourced version and pulling it through into your your estate, your, your ecosystem and that would prevent the, the attack or the, the malicious code making it through to yeah, your Yeah, and if we actually just think about a little bit more about that, if we, we break it down, how did that uh, use of that library get into these these web applications to begin with. We actually need to walk it right back down into where the developers are, are operating. Um, typically at the minute, uh, a lot of the application security functions are bolted on at the end of the, the development lifecycle, at the end of the, the deployment lifecycle, and it's very much you know, cliche, it's afterthought. Of course, and retrofitting security is going to be costly and really difficult at that stage so late. Exactly, Abby. And the, you know, there are some really strong financial benefits to moving the process much further down into the developer's lifecycle, getting into the developer's processes and how they think about building their, their applications for the business. And the, the other mega trend that goes beside cloud is DevOps. And we're seeing a lot of uh, you know, very, very big, very long established uh, conservative enterprise businesses adopting DevOps and agile methodologies. And along with that comes the developer's ability to uh, construct applications in a very different way. And this is where this uh, you know, onboarding of third-party code into the application right at the very source uh, comes into play. And if we can find a way to bring, as Stephen mentioned, you know, things such as attestation, verification, and certification inside the developer's workflow, as they build, deploy, and manage and run the applications, we can actually reduce the cost to uh, the, the client in terms of bolting on security at the end versus bolting on security. And help but them manage that risk definitely from e the start. Exactly, also help managing the risk right down at uh, where, where it actually enters into the business. Yeah, team. yeah. Mm -hmm. So moving forward, as organizations look to roll up more apps and have more of their services based on applications and online, um, are there any actions that they should take to remain secure um, from the design stage onward or before they deploy applications? Mm. So I, I think you know, really 
where I tend to start my, my, my thinking around this is we need to really broaden the understanding and the definition of what an application actually is. Um, you know, traditionally, we've thought of an application as being a web app, and, and, and I'm pretty sure people who are listening to this podcast, as soon as we say application, they immediately say web app in their head. Um, applications appear on your, your, your mobile device, on your smartwatch, um, on your laptop. Uh, the, the applications are what you use to tap onto the, the tube system, uh, to buy a plane ticket. Uh, they, they are everywhere. They're, they're literally embedded in part and parcel of our digital life. So, so that definition of, of application and understanding its consequences when you lose trust in an application is, is really significant. And the second thing is really uh, around how do we adopt and adapt ourselves to the developer's workflow. We in security uh, tend to have a really sort of, um, uh, you know, we tell you what to do, and we're gonna kind of really move into a more coaching and mentoring aspect for the developers, integrate into their workflow, understand that activities such as compliance and governance and risk management can be really dull for a developer. So we've got to put it into something that is actually really interesting to them. Um, you know, we call that codifying it and, ask, and, and building it directly into their, their build, build pipelines and their, their workflows. Um, and that helps us get that assurance overlay across uh, the entire life cycle where, where it's appropriate for the client itself. Um, so Stephen, you used to be a developer a long time ago. You know, how, how should we, you know, what's your thoughts on how we should approach, you know, in the engaging with developers rather than security people for this problem? Yeah, yeah, I, I'd just like to pick up first on what you're saying there about how we understand apps these days. You know, you're quite right, people will think about the word processors, the Microsoft Office type solution, online streaming, all of that good stuff, but there's a, a, there's a lot of new um, solutions coming out with software very much at the centre of that, you know, uh, chatbots, or software solutions, um, blockchain, robotic process automation, AI, all of those things. Um, there's all of the software that's commonplace that's used to build software too. Um, you know, it's your standard stuff like web servers, databases, the collaboration platforms, and so on. Um, so, so to try to come back to to Will's point, how do we? How should we approach this? Well, um, Will, Will is quite right. We, we, we can't try to force the old um, security processes on top of the way developers work these days. Um, Agile and DevOps are, are major um, movements. Um, we can't ignore them. Um, continuous delivery is the new norm. So Abby, security is really a process, right? Whatever branch of security you're interested in, it is fundamentally a process of activities that need to be carried out. Um, it's it's never more true when we're talking about how do we help get untrusted applications into a trusted state. We have to break apart the process of application security. We have to help the developers and the business work together to know the code, what's in it. How do we codify compliance and governance and risk into the developer's workflow to get that process embedded in so it's it's more about coaching and mentoring from the security teams as opposed to forcing old school uh, do as we say type approaches to the developers which is guaranteed to be rejected. Yeah, to ensure uh, that there's a mutual understanding of the business risk and the technology risks. Mm -hmm. Great. So thanks, thanks both for coming along today to talk to us. I'm just wondering if there's a key takeaway point you could give our listeners of something that you think you'll see in the future. 
uh, for, for me, the, the, the only thing I, I can see really bearing down on the horizon right now is the, uh, the understanding of the exposure third-party code is bringing into businesses. Um, we're, we're coming off the back of a, a, a set of you know, golden you know, period of open source software. Um, even Microsoft has open sourced uh, a, a lot of its software now. Um, that movement's out there, the, the, the horse is bolted. Um, it is the obvious new vector for, for the bad guys to, to, to undermine our business. Sounds like we'll be seeing this trend. Um, it won't be going away anytime soon. Great, thanks. And Steve, any last words? I, I think it's not just about the tech. It, the, when we start to, when organisations start to move through DevOps, DevSecOps, Agile and so on, um, there's a whole cultural shift. Organisations have been struggling in the old way too. It's going to be difficult um, for organisations to bring through security into the, the new way of delivering uh, software at velocity. Um, so uh, consider the software side of things too. It's not just about the tech. Great. And that leads back to what Will was saying about that mutual understanding between the business and the, the risk teams and also the, the tech teams and the engineering parts. And That's great. Thanks again, guys. It's been a really great discussion. Thank you, Abby. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on our future episodes. Next episode, we'll be answering the core question, why are companies still suffering from breaches? <laughs> <laughs>